Hey there, what's up? It's your buddy Chase. Welcome to The Micro Show. Today's work is a little bit about sharing and the shame that we creators, whether you're creating a business, a painting, you know, some words on a page, creating anything, it's about the shame that we often have with our work and largely unnecessary. If we're proud of what we've made, if we've sort of built an audience around either our, our, our work, our, our, our body of work, ourselves, our community, if we built an audience in tune with our ideas and our beliefs, what then is the problem with sharing new work, regardless of the quality or the nature, the stature of the work? This audience, these people who are in tune with our ideas, they're going to love what we've got to offer, right? Because they are almost by definition, they're in our community because of the work that we do. They don't have to love everything, but they're certainly going to be open to the work that we have to offer, right? And yet, we still have a very strong, sometimes even overpowering desire to hide. Sometimes we're just going to drop this work limply onto the floor and we slink away with our, you know, head down instead of holding it up for everybody to see, right? The work's on the floor, our freaking forehead is on the floor, and we just slide into the shadows. But here's the thing. When you do that, this is shame in action, and it's unnecessary. When you resist sharing whatever it is that you have made proudly, you're too attuned to shame. I wish I had my friend Brene Brown here with me. She would echo this. Shame is this insidious voice telling you not that your work is not good enough. It's telling you that you are not good enough, which is total horseshit. Shame is telling you that if you make a mistake, it means that you're a mistake. That if people don't like your work, they don't like you. This is total crap. <laughs> but I'm doing an episode about it here because shame, this little insidious thing that finds its way into our psychology, it can be crippling for any creator. I mentioned Brene. The only reason that Brene is an expert about it, not only has she researched across you know, thousands or even millions of data points, she came to discover a lot of this on her own from being in her own head, her own heart, her own body, and talking about it on stage. Shame is a thing that we often put on very early in life. It's a thing that can stick to us like a, like a sweaty shirt. Unexamined shame will stifle your ambitions and choke the life out of your creativity. Shame can be crippling for anyone, right? Some of us grapple more deeply with these painful feelings of shame than others, largely based on you know, our family of origin, our childhood. But the truth is that none of us is completely immune. This is not something, shame is not something we're actually born with. It's something that cultivates inside us as a result of the inputs that we get from the world. If we put something out there and people don't like it or, or maybe worse, they ignore it, the shame we carry around says, we are bad. And yet, it's important to acknowledge that we are not our work. I'm going to say to you, you are not your work. This is super difficult for most to reconcile because your work does reflect you. It, it, it's a signal of your skills, of your tastes and your values and your belief, 
right? You have to become vulnerable in order to create anything and even more vulnerable to share your creations with others. So why wouldn't it be you? Quite simply, this is just a aspect you must remember. You are not your work. Your work is a downstream effect of how you felt and what you thought and um, what you were interested in creating and putting out in the world at a very specific piece of time. So you are not your work. And here's the thing with that. It gets easier to share, to, to believe, to know rather these things with practice. It's just like a muscle. Every time you share in the face of fear, your work finally has a chance to become more valuable than if it were just for you. And that's not saying that doing work just for the sake of work or doing work for yourself is invaluable, but it can have more value and potentially exponentially more value if you share in the face of fear and put your work out in the world. Now, I, I have to be clear, Rick. I have faced this same shame that we're talking about many, many times. For example, I felt ashamed telling my parents that I was giving up on professional soccer and again, later on quitting medical school. And three times, right? Three times is a charm when I quit graduate school, dropped out of a PhD program in philosophy. And these three things were largely, you know, sequentially in my life, back to back uh, on one another. Now in, in feeling this shame, you know, both Kate and my parents, my family, they supported me in these decisions to quit or to go a different direction, which of, of course was helpful, but it didn't make these feelings of shame go away completely. These are things that I had to work through, right? That I had to acknowledge this shame. I had to lance it. I had to let it heal. And it is in this process of recognizing it, understanding it, doing everything I can to move past through and over and around it, that the muscle of managing it becomes stronger. The cool thing is even in that couple year period, I felt a lot stronger at the end of that period than I did at the beginning after facing, you know, a number of pretty significant, you know, moments of shame in, at, at each turn. I felt better. I felt stronger and knew, I guess this was an early sign that I was capable of playing through over beyond this shame. And this shame, I was not going to let stop me. As creators, each of us has to learn to nurture and to parent ourselves, right? Particularly when creativity is concerned, because it is a rich, deep, and complex thing to A, create something, then B, put it out in the world, right? By learning how to parent ourselves and pat ourselves on the back, show ourselves what to do differently next time and go back out there, there is a whole new layer of upside in doing the creative work that you are meant to do and putting it out there. This is a muscle. If you are willing to develop the muscle, I'll say this again, a little tweak here, only those who are willing to develop this muscle will truly find the far reaches of the power that you have in your creativity. Because when we're operating in shame, we way too easily believe the awful thoughts about ourselves that we hear in our heads. But that is not who we are. Lots of things, and, and I'll say maybe meditation in particular, has taught me that I am not my thoughts, right? Your thoughts, once you get good at meditating, you are able to actually watch your thoughts arise, dance across your consciousness, and then go away. That was so helpful, so impactful for me when I started realizing that thoughts are things that I have that enter 
exist and then leave. And that those thoughts aren't mine. They are just thoughts. They are not me, rather. Meditation taught me that I am not my thoughts. Practicing meditation over the years has made it much easier for me to observe, identify, and decide what to do with this voice of shame, which has resulted in me largely calling it out as a fraud, the fraud that it is. I recommend meditation as an, as a, as an analog for how to do the same with shame. In the same way that a thought arises, you pay attention to it, and then you decide to let it go. The same can be true with shame. You can recognize it arising in you, realizing that you are not your work or the thing that is making you feel shameful, that is just a an element of being human, putting out good creative work or sharing yourself or being vulnerable, and you can let that shame evaporate. Watch it evaporate when you realize, when you distance yourself from it. Now, there are all sorts of different ways to cope with vulnerability of sharing and and the shame that can sometimes result. Again, Brene Brown shared with me that she keeps a tiny list in her wallet with just a few, a handful of names on this piece of paper of the people who matter most to her. And at some points, whenever she feels some heavy weight of other people's opinions, when she feels that weight too strongly, she takes a moment and looks at her list. This is a show you really ought to go back and look at the first time that Brene was on the show. I think it was maybe somewhere between 2010 and 2012, 13 maybe. It's in black and white here in my studio in Seattle where I'm recording this right now. She keeps this tiny list in her wallet and she actually shares this list. She pulls it out and shows us this list. Not that people are on it, but reveals this list in the actual show. It's a one by one piece of paper. And what's on that list are the names of people who actually matter most to her. And it's a list that she references when she feels shame. She says, hmm, this means I'm letting somebody down or somebody doesn't understand me or is misunderstanding my work or me or, and then she pulls this list out. She references, she's like, hmm, are the people that I truly care deeply, deeply, deeply how they think of me? Is it one of these people on that list that is, that is making me feel this shame? Or is it some random person I don't know or someone far away or someone who's just, is, is it someone on this list or not? And if the person is not on this list, and again, there's probably room for five names on that list. Then she goes back to working. She says, have I let any of these people down? If the answer is no, then she knows she's going to be okay. Now, I don't care if you use Brene's technique, although I do find it very powerful and insightful. You are never going to get everyone you know, let alone every random person on the internet or social media, to be on board with your decisions. You're certainly never going to have unanimous positive feedback for everything you make. That would be, actually, that would be horrible in a different way. In fact, if your work, if you put in the work and the work is only celebrated, I actually think that's a warning sign. You should beware, right? Your best work, by contrast, will evoke strong emotions, strong reactions, probably in yourself, certainly in others. And that's going to be a range of a positive, negative, and maybe even indifferent. As Aesop says, trying to please everyone ends up pleasing no one, especially yourself. So all this to say, depending on what you make or how much you charge for it, you certainly can build a lucrative business out of doing work that pleases a tiny fraction of the world. I remember at the peak of my commercial photography career, I had like 18 clients a year, maybe 20, 20 people in the whole world out of eight, seven, eight billion people. 
I only needed 18 to love what I did. And it turned out that I could make a very, very good living off that. Hopefully that reminds us, right? Depending on what you're making, of course, but you can build a business out of doing work that pleases a tiny fraction of the people in the world. Once you've found your true fans, whether it's a million people or 18 people or a hundred million people, once you've found your fans, forget the rest of the damn internet. <laughs> forget the haters. Focus on making work that you love. Focus on putting that work into the right channels, into the world where your people will find it. The key is to develop a sharing mindset, regardless of response from everyone else. Look, there is no immunity from shame. We are best off by acknowledging that it exists, developing tools and tactics for managing, for understanding it and knowing, you know, recognizing it for the thing that it is and the things that it is not. Once you've cultivated a vulnerable and sharing mindset and you've put your work into the world, the rest of it, the responses from those who receive your work, it's just like the weather, right? It's here today. It's gone tomorrow. The cool thing though, is if you can keep doing this and putting your work out in the world, despite the weather, you know what remains? The work, your creativity, what you put out in the world remains. I hope this has been helpful. Signing off for now, it's your buddy Chase. All right. Hey, before you go, thanks so much for listening. And if you got value from this show, chances are your community will too, right? In the particular lies the universal. Please share this link to the show with a friend or mention the show on social. That is a huge benefit for us in hopefully in exchange for providing value to you. I want you to know that I really appreciate your time, the attention, anything that you give to the show and the questions that you ask our guests, either on social media or through my text community, all of that is pure gold. This community, like any community, is a testament to that old phrase, a rising tide floats all boats. And by elevating one another, by sharing and resharing this show, the tidbits that you learn and the experiences you take away, all of that has a collective, massive, positive impact on the world. So just a quick thank you. I appreciate all the effort you put into sharing the show. All right, that's a wrap. Let's put today's episode into practice and get back to growing together. <music>